Well, hello, everyone. It's time for announcements here from the office at church. Uh, hey, coming up this Wednesday is our next night watch. That's a night of ministry and prayer. Uh, we come here and we just sit and we wait on the, the Lord. We'll have a sweet time of worship and it'll be an opportunity to receive ministry. So that's going to be this Wednesday, September 13th at 630 PM. I've also scheduled another jam night that's going to be September 27th at 6.30 p.m. here at the church. Uh, bring your voice, bring your instrument, come join us. That's always a great time. So that next jam night will be September 27th at 6.30 p.m. We had a great time at One More Youth last night. Awesome group of kids. Uh, we're, we're back in season for One More Youth. So the next time that group meets will be uh, October 4th. It's the first Wednesday of every month. So the next OMY will be the first Wednesday of October, which is October 4th, 6.30 p.m. Invite your kids to that. Hey, keep downloading the app. There's going to be QR codes throughout the service that will take you to a bunch of useful links. We're, we're translating now. Uh, you can access our QR code from there. Uh, any other useful information about church is there. So get it. Uh, save it on your home screen if you need it. Good stuff. Is there anything else we need to announce? I don't think so. They're working hard. I'm going to get back to work. And with all that said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop back into worship. We've had a great morning and looking forward to spending this time with you. Then we're back into our series called Sword Sharpening, and we're going to be how to deal with difficult verses and how to love well while we do it. So get your Bibles and maybe get a coffee and get comfortable and get ready, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is great to see all your faces and hear your voices. We are looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you don't know the flow yet. We're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to all their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. He's, um, there's, there's a lot in today and it's very, very interesting and going to stretch your brain a little bit. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we thank you this morning for the privilege of gathering with brothers and sisters to celebrate and worship you. We thank you for your promise that you will show up when we ask. We thank you for how you've been moving and stirring things inside of us this week. And Papa, in your presence this morning, We long to see you more clearly. To love you more deeply.
We give you permission to, to continue shaping our hearts after the pattern of your heart. Papa, we ask that you would empower us to love with your kind of love. So we can continue bringing lost kids back into your family. You are so, so good to us, Papa. And we love you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty and eternal God, help us to grow in faith hope and love and so that we may obtain what you promise help us also love what you command through jesus christ our lord amen pastor fran on the night he's betrayed jesus took bread and he broke it saying this is my body given for you take and eat it in remembrance of me saint mary took the cup it's the last night of the passover celebration cups of plagues and sanctification and poured and celebrated Jesus took the third cup for the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There were his friends that night. Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance, a remembrance that we call communion, the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake in this meal, I want to remember me. So his friends got this morning. We too can partake in this meal. The bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. Remember, give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. I want to remember how he died and rose again. I want to remember on Thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table, the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. It says we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. And I always like to sing us all to sing out. Lift your voice. Participate. He's worthy of our praise today. We're going to see the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. He turns graves into gardens.
we love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. You're good to us, Lord, and we love you. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And the Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to see you. I have a question for you. Have you ever had a question about the Bible or Jesus? Right? Yeah. Questions are really good because they can help you, right? They can help you understand more. They can help you learn, right? And especially when you want to learn about the things of God, that is so awesome. And increase your knowledge. Thank you, Reed. Yes, guys. However, there were some people who asked Jesus questions to trick him, right? But they found out that Jesus is God, and God cannot be tricked, right? You ready to listen to the story? Cool, good. So, religious leaders heard that Jesus was in Jerusalem, so they sent some people to ask Jesus questions to try to trick him. And they said, Rabbi, we know you know truth, right? That you tell the truth. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not, right? Because Caesar was really mean to God's people, and he made them pay money, a lot of money, right? And he was like, is this right or not? They were trying to get him in trouble, right? So Jesus said, Jesus actually knew that they were trying to do that, right? And he asked them, why are you trying to trick me? Can you imagine Jesus saying that? Yeah. And then, and then he said, show me the coin that you used to pay taxes with. So they brought him a denarius, right? And he said, whose picture is on this coin? Whose name is on this coin? And they said, Caesar's. He was the ruler, right? So Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what belongs to God, right? And they were amazed at his answer, and they left. But guess what? They came back with more questions for Jesus. And this time they asked him, which command in the law is the greatest? Which command of thousands, right, are more important? And remember, they were trying to trick him. They didn't really want to know the truth, right? But Jesus is so wise. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 38, he said to him, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. And then he told them the second one is just like it. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. Isn't that amazing, guys? And then he turned everything around and he started asking them questions. And he said, whose son is the Messiah? And they said, David's. And Jesus was like, how can this be, right? David said to them, 
Messiah, Lord, call the Messiah, Lord. How can this be if the, if, um, the Messiah, how can it be that the Messiah could be his son, right? That just doesn't sound right. And they just could not say anything else. And they, their plan had failed, right? It did not work. And nobody was brave enough, brave enough to ask Jesus any more questions. They all left. But when Jesus was asked questions, he answered with wisdom and power. Do you know why? Because he is the Messiah. He is God's son, right? Isn't that amazing? It's good stuff, right? All right, cool. So you guys ready to help me tell everyone the Bible verse? Okay, so we all say it together after me, okay? Matthew 22, 37 through 38. He said to him, okay, remember, now we're going to say what Jesus said, okay? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. Excellent work, everyone. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then Pastor Georgina will pray for them and we'll send them off to Children's Church. Alright guys, so now we're going to talk to the Lord. We're ready? Ready to talk to God? Okay, let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. Ready? One, two, three. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that he is truth and that we can trust in him, Lord. And I pray that the little ones will understand what it is to love you with everything that we are and everything that we do, Lord God, in Jesus' name. What do we say, boys and girls? Thank you, Pastor Georgina. We are a blessed church. Look, his shoes light up. Uh, they light up the yeah. shoes. They, they match. Have those it's very nice. I yeah. love those. Very cool. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to be with you. And uh, very cool on a uh, lovely Sunday morning. That QR code that just popped up, uh, it used to just send you to the Connect card, but now it sends you to a web page that has a number of links that are helpful. Uh, the Connect card is still there. If you've never filled out a Connect card with us, we'd love for you to do that. It's simple. Um, also, there is how to... The fill-in notes are there on that page. The translation system is there. So at this service and at 11 o'clock, 
We translate into 30 different languages now. And you can follow the instructions and it will pop up on your phone and in your ears. And the people that are using it are telling me that it's a wonderful thing. So 30 different languages, that's really cool. Um, also, there's a listening uh, app that you can get to if you ever don't hear me very well, you can run it through your phone and through your ears and you will definitely hear it and it's very quick. So all those things are there, which is very cool. We're happy about that. When we gather, we pray for our neighbors. We do this every week to reinforce what we've asked you to do every day. Pray for the people who live around you. It's probably the most significant ministry that all of us will ever do. And it, it's just really, it's about developing the habit. And so we, we want you to just keep doing it, powerful stuff. So think about a couple of your neighbors. Let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Amen. Cool. So so about a month ago, I talked about Bucky's. Do you remember? Because I was really impressed if you were. And uh, since then, I've been getting texts and pictures from everybody that stops by. Last week, I got candied peanuts. This week, I got a Bucky's phone holder. That just shows up. So this just keeps getting better and better. Yes. I think next week I'll talk about how much I love the Apple store. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> Only you. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, funny stuff. So I did that. We're in a series called uh, Sword Sharpening. This is about making the most out of your time with the Bible. 16 weeks in. Uh, I, we are going to end on 18, so yeah. an end is coming. Although, from there, I'm picking it up, and I'm going to deepen some of what we've been through. So oh, it's, not, it's not ending, I'm just changing the name, and yeah, yeah, there we go. But uh, this, this is, uh, listen, the foundation that we're attempting to set is, mm-hmm. is just critical mm-hmm. in understanding the Bible, and reading it, and, and you know putting it together. And so that's what we've been doing uh, throughout this whole series. Mm-hmm. And we're going to uh, talk today and next week more about difficult verses, because there are some, and, uh, and loving well. How, how do we main... What does it look like to love well? That's the big question. So we'll look at that together here in a little bit. Uh, bad jokes. Yay. Math joke. This one I did for Alice because she doesn't like math jokes. Well, I don't like math. Um, well, there you go. So... Which is why you wouldn't like the jokes. This one, you know. Dear math, grow up and solve your own problems. I wish I'd have known that when I was a kid. Hang on. Oh. Uh, I'm I'm concerned for the calendar. It's be, it's yeah. days are numbered. I'll be praying. Yeah. Okay. Right, now I like this one. No one else does. No. So why are you doing it? Because I like this one. Okay. I already told you I'm doing it. <laughs> Two windmills. We're sitting on a hill. One says the other one. Do you have a favorite song? And the windmill says, well, all my life I've been a heavy metal fan. There you go. Heavy metal fan. Okay. Please pray for us. It has and not failed to disappoint, that bad joke. I love that joke. Yeah. You know, I've, I feel a little because I got a new Bible 
because my old one was just falling apart and and it was shedding and everywhere I went it left pieces of itself and so I I feel a little lost so be patient with me as I try to figure out how to hold and read it and oh anyway all right that aside let's pray and then we'll read together Papa thank you for your presence here today Father, for every person in this room and in listening, whatever their hearts are full, whether their worries and their cares or their joys, may you just bless them today. Father, I just thank you that you see us all. In fact, Lord, you see every hair on our head. How much more do you know the cares and the worries of our heart? And so, Lord, we lift up this time to you and ask that you would continue to speak to our hearts Thank you, Holy Spirit, because we need refilled because we do leak. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of John, very familiar passage of Scripture, chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You all can sit. Okay, so my hope, as I've said from the beginning of this series, is to get everybody reading the Bible. And uh, I have said that uh, a lot of believers have never read the Bible. I don't, I'm never saying that to be judgmental. It's just the way it is. They, we, and part of that is because the enemy doesn't want you to. So there's an attack and... Um, I think we get distracted and, or we read parts of it, but we've, we've, you know, a lot of people haven't read the whole thing. So I'm always encouraging you got to read the Bible, got to read the Bible. As I say that, and as you start to really connect and read the Bible, uh, you will find things in there that are difficult to understand, um, completely counterculture, um, and, uh, you, you wonder why some of this stuff's even in there. Like why, I don't even get why this would be in the Bible. And so I want to take a couple of weeks to sort of look at why and give you some tools to figure out how to deal with things that are difficult. At the same time, I've said, uh, and I said this last week, that we have to figure out how to love well. Because um, it's at, it was the heart of God. When, when Jesus was asked, look, what's the most important thing in, in the law is how it's asked. But they were referring to what's in the Bible. And Jesus says, the kids did it today, love God, all in, right? And love your neighbors yourself. That all the law and the prophets, he's saying all, all, the whole book, um, rests on those two things that we get that. And Jesus was really good at doing that. Jesus was really good at loving well. Even saying hard things, he was still good at loving well. And that one of the things I'm I'm thinking is that at, at, we don't always do it as well as Jesus. 
and we had to figure out how he did it and do it more like that um, in in the world around us. Because I, you know, we talked. Uh, we'll talk again in a little bit about some of the world religions, and it fascinated me that um, as just in even recent research of me digging in, most world religions have a fairly high view of Jesus as far as saying he was a prophet or he was this or he was that, but they don't like the church and they don't like Christians. And I think that fascinates me, that split. And I, I think it goes back to that, that we, we just don't, because we're, we're just saying what Jesus said, but apparently we don't do it in the loving way that he did it so people can take it in. And that's a, that's a definite cultural dilemma. We're not very good a, any longer about um, being able to agree to disagree about anything. We, we don't, we've lost some of that whole ability to hold some things in tension and love well. So, uh, context. When you're reading the Bible and you come across a difficult verse, when you've hit something that, that strikes you as being odd or um, not, you know, how do you deal with that in today's world? What do you do? And, and context is always the most important thing. If, if I can get you to get context. So by that I mean you, if you just can't take one verse and decide what you want it to say. Because um, you can use that in ways that aren't appropriate, and people can use that against you in ways that don't work, uh, which, which often happens. So how it fits, not only how it fits into a passage, how it fits into a book, how that book fits into the whole book, and, and what's going on in history, all those things matter when it comes to understanding a difficult Bible verse. So last week, I dropped my flow chart on you, and uh, I, I need to... Re- so people, a lot of people have asked... There's a link on the app now so you can grab it as PDF form and print it out or have it on your computer or whatever so that you can hang out with it. And we'll be using it a lot um, in the future. Uh, and knowing the story is very helpful to sort of understanding difficult verses and how they fit. And last week we, uh, we sort of, I, some of the verses that a lot of people struggle with are when Jesus talks about being the way. It was in the... The opening verse today, John 3.16. Most of you know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him uh, have everlasting life, shall not perish. And oh, that's good. But as you continue to read it in context, at the end it says, but if you don't, that's a problem. And in our culture, people don't think that's how it should be. So I tried to lay out for you how those things are beginning to take shape and what they mean to us so we can figure out how to love well with this message. And uh, what I said to you that last week as, as Christians, as believers, we, we have a, an ancient story. This timeline goes back, um, and we understand that the story as it started, um, God wanted to be in relationship with people. That's the heart of God, family, his, his divine family and uh, his human family. That's what God wants, relationship with us. And we all rebel over and over again. We all tell God no. It's not what God wants, it's what we do, we keep going our own way. So you have, you know, the fallout of the fall, which introduces sin and death, but out of that comes the crimson thread of redemption. Way back then, there's a promise that God is going to send someone, which he has done, who's going to reconcile people back to God. So we have that amazing promise that runs through our line. And then we see more rebellions, and I've talked about this, and the Tower of Babel, and, and from the Tower of Babel, remember, God basically says, fine, you don't want me, you don't want me, that's what you tell me over and over again, so I'm going to let you have your way for now, and I'm going to give you, under the authority of the Elohim, the divine family, 
we don't know how they all, how they started, but they end up all corrupt. Okay? Because we read that later in the Psalms. So the Gentiles, the 70 nations, are under the Elohim, the little G gods. And that starts happening. And from that, these little G gods demand their own worship and world religions begin to form. God never gives up though on people and he keeps one nation for himself. You guys know this story now, right? Israel. And, and Israel is kept and we, we see, you know, out of Israel comes the uh, Judaism that, where that starts. And Israel is bad at doing what it's supposed to do as well, just like all people are. But from them comes Jesus that everything is pointing to. And Jesus is perfect Israel and he's humanity as it's intended to be. And he ultimately does what needs to happen. He goes to the cross. Having lived the perfect life, he defeats death and he defeats, he defeats sin and he defeats death and rises again. And he is the promised way back. It's Jesus. But around the world now, all these other things have developed out of what happened as a consequence of the Tower of Babel. So um, you, you begin to see these other things in the world that pop up that are big parts of the population come out of that whole thing. And people culturally want to say this, and this is the dilemma, well, everything is okay. All religions are the same. That is, but that is a very widely held belief in our culture. All religions are basically the same. And the problem is they're not. There are some basic things that you can find in all religions. And I, I said it last week, like the golden rule is in almost all religions, because it's a good one, right? And so everybody picked it up. But that doesn't mean the rest are the same. And so what do you start to look at? Well, is the, is the belief in God first? Well, who, who, what are these religions? How do they believe about God? Because we know how we believe about God. There's one God, and he wants to be in relationship with us, and he's made it possible. Well, all those other things spring out of that problem that we had at Babel, and they don't trace back in the same direction. And so when you start to look at other world religions, I'm not being mean, I'm just saying, they don't believe what you believe. They believe in thousands of gods, multiple gods. Look where that's coming from. Uh, and they have different ideas on afterlife, almost all of them. Like, you know, we have pretty solid ideas about heaven and new creation and what that looks like. But a lot of the other ones, uh, they just sort of move into uh, this idea of reincarnation where you keep coming back and getting more chances and eventually you get it right and it's, it's, you just kind of blend off into the force at that point. That, I'm not being, I'm just saying, if you go and study these things, you should. So there's, there's, a, there's a huge difference in what's happening. And, and it seems easier, I think, to say, okay, well, everybody's fine. That just seems easier. Like, that's nice. But here's what I'm saying. If it's not true, is it loving people well to just, oh well, whatever. You believe whatever you want. Because that culturally is the issue. But that's not what Jesus says at all. And, and that's not what the Bible says. And, and I have told you the Bible is completely trustworthy. And as you read it, we need to understand what's going on there so that somehow we can live these things out in a way that allows us the opportunity to help people find their way back into the story, which is the heart of God from the beginning. Always has been. Hasn't changed. And God, the reason it's not rushing to end everything is God is extremely patient and wants people back into the story. And is, that's what we do. That's our mission. We're, we're supposed to be helping people find their way back. And we've done it some success with some not. So, uh, we've done a lot of those things. So, uh, how do we deal with some of these little 
verses that I have said people seem, uh, they seem to think that they're arrogant. Uh, and, and I said I'd look at them in context today, and so I want to. John fourteen six was one of them. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that's a, that's a verse that many unbelievers find to be extremely arrogant. Well, how can you say that? And I, I always want to go, well, Jesus says it, but okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and then they will know Jesus was a good guy. Okay, well, you see how we start to go through these issues. So what was he saying? Was he being arrogant? Was Jesus saying, I'm right, you're wrong? Um, what, what does it look like? And I want to say this here too. I said this, I don't, I don't think I said it to every group last week, so I'm trying to this week. People think it's arrogant that we believe that there's one way back to God. That's where they'll get stuck. Well, how can there be just one way? You're right, and every the 70% of the people on that chart are wrong. How do you sort of process that? How can that possibly be? How can there only be one way? And that's the arrogance that people have. And think about where it stems from on that other side of the chart. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. That's a deceptive part. Because God has always wanted us to be in relationship, and we're the ones who've said no. Over and over and over and over and over again in every possible way. No, 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 no. And, and rather than just say, God, you should just do whatever we want should be okay. That's our arrogance. How about, how amazing is it that despite our constant no, 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 there's still one way back. There's a way. God has made a way back. That's re- that's just amazing. That's love. That's that's the heart of God. And yet culturally we go, well, that's not okay. Because we want to do whatever we want to do and be okay. Wow. That's so was what was Jesus saying? Well, let's look in context. What I want to tell you, he was talking to his very close group. Uh, right at the end of his ministry, he's about to be separated from them. They've been doing everything together for three years. He's a comforting verse. He's trying to tell them that. He's about to go away, but don't worry. You, you, you know what you need to know to be good. John 14, 6 through 9. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus said, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. It's being comforting to his friends. He's just saying, listen, you, you, you've seen me. And, and he's in, in the context of a culture in that point in history where the Greeks and the Romans have multiple, multiple, multiple gods who are, are trying to claim that it's all going to be okay. You can do whatever. And Jesus is very clear saying, no, you know me and that's what you need to know. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And even though I'm not going to be with you, I'll be with you and you need to hang in there. So, uh, context, makes that a very loving verse, not an arrogant one. Acts 4.12, salvation, we looked at this last week, this is from Peter, the apostle Peter, is found in no one else, talking about Jesus, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Again, that seems, I mean, you, you read what that's saying, right? I mean, it's, huh. Uh, and, and so what does that look like? Well, that comes from a speech that Peter gives to religious leaders of the day, and uh, he had, uh, Peter and John had been used by God to heal a lame man. And uh, then they're telling everybody how it happened and, how, you know, all about Jesus. And they're excited. And the religious leaders don't like that message at all. So they throw him in jail. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter while they were speaking to the people. 
greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They're just sharing the good news. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Not very nice. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to be about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family. Uh, They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? Now, let me say something here. This is how we want to figure out how to live. Those are the kind of questions we want to be asked. You, you get now, because that's the perfect uh, way to be able to share the story. You're not forcing it on anybody. They're asked. They, the, these people come and ask them, what? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, says, rulers and elders of the people. I'm so glad you asked. If we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and, and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The idea of salvation there includes the idea of healing and wholeness. It's a, it's sozo. It's everything. And, and Peter is saying that it, this all happens in Jesus and there is no other way for it to take place. It's how the, we understand the story has been set up. There's a way back, but there is just this one way. And they were telling it to people that didn't want to hear it. All right, Paul. We looked at this verse from the Apostle Paul last week. Uh, There is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. And this has now been witnessed at the proper time. Again, that's a pretty one. It says one, there's one way, one way. And, and you, so people might look at that and think, well, that's very narrow and very intolerant. But I think it's extremely beautiful when you read it in context. Verse 3, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That is the heart of God. He wants everyone back into relationship with him. There's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. There's one way who gave himself as a ransom for all people. That word is, uh, I think, the cool word in there, a ransom. Because you get the idea of a ransom, right? A ransom, if if someone was kidnapped, um, you know, may it never be so. But but and and there, you needed to come up with a ransom to get them back, and you loved them. You would figure you would do everything you could to make that happen. Well, the reality is, the evil one has hijacked and kidnapped the family of God, and God pays a ransom Himself. Fully God, fully man, he arrives on the scene to deal with what needs to happen. And it's, it's a picture of the love that he has for people, that he's willing to do whatever it takes to make a way back for them, providing a ransom in and of himself. And so these, these verses, even in context, they're not arrogant. They're, they're a picture of the love of God who has a heart for people, who's always wanted to be in relationship with people. That's why he created us. And there's a very real enemy who tries to do everything he can to stop it, and, and, and yet, here's God is, 
And he wants us to do what we can to help people know the truth by learning to love well. Well, that always leads to this question, and this is a very big question that I get all the time as people start trying to navigate what I've just said, because culturally it's tough. What about? Ever have a what about question as you try and settle in this? But what about these people? And what about those people? What about people that never hear about this? And what about people that are so far removed from everything else that they, they don't get? What about, what about, what about? And, and often the problem with whatabouts is that people, because they can't figure out how to reconcile the whatabout, they just say, well, I'm not going to follow Jesus either then. It's a, don't do that. All right? Let's just wrestle with the whatabouts. Follow Jesus, wrestle with the whatabouts. So, um, I, it's, those are difficult to answer. But what I want to say is, you ha- here's where you, those whatabouts, you, you sort of have to settle on who, the character of who God is. And let me give you a few things. First, you've got to know that God loves people. I've said it over and over again. That's the heart of God. He wants to be in relationship with people. It's on our end that there's an issue. We've said no repeatedly. But God has made a way back. He has. From the, from the, Crimson threat of redemption. I'm going to send someone who's going to make it possible for everybody to be reconciled. That's the heart of God because he loves people. That was the, the big part of the verse that Alice read. God so loved the world. It's not talking about the planet. It's talking about the people, not the system. Not the, talking about the people that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. It's not where, that's where I think if, if, if it's not understood, it's not what he was doing, but to save the world through him. There's a way in Jesus. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. It's our way back. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only son. It's a big problem that we just can't ignore. People need to know that God is loving and that Throughout the scripture, the more you read the Bible, even when you're reading the hard stuff that you may not understand, what you, what you realize is how much God loves people, um, that he is gracious, he's kind, he's slow to anger and forgiving. And yet there's still a judgment that comes because of the mess and because we've all gone our own way. But God wants no one to perish. That, that story, that storyline stays true throughout the Bible. God is the ultimate loving judge, which I think is really good. That it's on God, ultimately, and and because uh, we we're not very good judges, for the we're just not. Um, it's hard for us to not have bias and have a big picture. But God, He's perfect in those things, and He's the one who ultimately deals with everyone, and everyone dies. That's just part of our deal. All right, Hebrews nine twenty seven. Just as people are destined to die once physically, uh, and after that to face judgment. Uh, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he'll appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation for those who are waiting on him. For everybody that finds their way back into the story, by the grace of God, we have eternal life. We're forgiven. We spend life with him forever. And, and somehow that happens in Jesus. We also know that sin is forgiven in Jesus. But we, we get to that question again, and it's, it's hard to give... It's, it's not simp- can't give simplistic answers to complicated questions. But what about people that never hear? I have to trust that God is fair. I believe it's part of his, his nature. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. I'm aware of the fact that in the Old Testament, they, hadn't, they didn't know the name of Jesus, but they believe in the promised Messiah, and it's that is how they find salvation. Perhaps as people search for truth... 
That the enough is revealed to them by God that that is what it takes. Um, and, and so you have to kind of ponder those things. But listen to me, be clear. This is different from someone who hears the truth of what God has done and what Jesus has done on their behalf and willingly chooses to reject him. That's a different situation altogether. But the whatabouts, um, we just have to learn to trust and, and know that God is good. How, and, and knowing that the best thing is for people to know Jesus. That's the best thing that, that we realize we're created for mission. And we, we do it. We get out there. We're, we're just like from the covenant back with Abraham that was on that chart as well, that we're a light for the Gentiles. That what God did was even as he sent the 70 Gentile nations out, the nations out, the Gentiles, he's made a way back for them through the people of uh, Israel, ultimately Jesus. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That's the heart of God. And that's what we need to go about doing. That's our calling. That's important. Not just whatever. How do we love well, kindly, helping people find their way back? How do we live in such a way that they ask us questions? Because I think that's at the heart of it all. So that we can then share with them the story about how it all fits. Now, last thing. Uh, that I want to say today, and I'll, I'll build this more uh, next week. Don't be like Marcion. Now, you, you might not have heard of that name, and uh, it's not a real common name, but let me introduce you to, uh, to Marcion, if I could. Marcion was born in AD 85, and uh, he was the son of a bishop. Got to be careful how I say that if I start to get tired. Son of a bishop. Son of a bishop! <laughs> You've been listening to a lot of teaching. I had to shake you up a little bit. <laughs> he goes to the church in Rome around 139 AD uh, where he's accepted for five years and then he's excommunicated. It takes a lot. He gets kicked out of the church. Why, you ask? Well, here's what happens with Marcion. Is that Marcion, you know, he had the Bible, right? And son of a bishop. And uh, he could never reconcile the hard stuff in the Old Testament and the God in the Old Testament with Jesus. He just said they can't be the same. It's, he, couldn't get his, he couldn't get a context for dealing with it. So what Marcion does is he makes his own Bible. Fascinating. And uh, he gets rid of the entire Old Testament, and he keeps for the Bible, the Marcion Bible, part of the Gospel of Luke, and part of ten of Paul's letters, and he says that's the Bible. And he gets rid of all of the difficult stuff, all the hard stuff. In effect, he loses the whole story. And he just keeps all of the really happy, skippy, yay, kind of Bible verses. And it actually goes over pretty well with a lot of people. Because they're like, that's cool. Yay, all the good stuff. All of the, you know, white picket fences and unicorns part. Unicorns. Unicorns in the Bible. If you read the King James translation, you have unicorns nine times. And people look at it like, they're, they're one-horned animals. They're not the ones you think about. But they're in there, and you have to know that if that's your deal. And white picket fences, whitewash fences are never good uh, in the Bible. So anyway, that's another story. But he keeps those things, and he begins to plant churches around there, and he becomes like a, an arch enemy of the real church because what he's doing is, is not okay. It's a, it's a bad shortcut. Well, why do I say that? Because we're not going to take chunks of the Bible and just rip them out and have a little part of the Bible. However... I think we sort of do. 
in that if we don't hold the whole thing together, we're being just like Marcion. We're, we're, and, and what you have to be able to do is wrestle with the scripture. You have to hold it in tension. Every, I told you the other day, everything in a, this life is found in this tension that we walk out with, with who God is and wrestling and hanging in there and listening and yielding to Holy Spirit. And you have to do that with the Bible. And when something is difficult, you have to press in, find context and figure out why it's there. Because that's where you begin to find life. Don't be like Marcion who just, just keeps a little bit. I want you to be like the Bereans. Remember the Bereans? I told you about them a few weeks ago. If you don't remember the Bereans, Acts 17, when Paul taught, the Bereans would listen, and then they'd go and study the book. And they'd, they'd hang in there with the book. Please be like the Bereans. Be, oh. If we could just be like the Bereans and love well, makes a difference. I'm going to end there because it's getting late. i got more next week. We'll dig in some of the Old Testament hard stuff next week. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, done for today. Ministry team. Those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall. People over there are here to pray for you. And let me say again, I keep sharing this story of Jesus. Listen. Jesus has done everything. This is another big difference in Christianity. He's done it all. We don't work for it. We don't earn it. None of those things. We just say yes to what Jesus has done in making a way for us to be reconciled to God. Your, your whole deal is saying, yes, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's it. If you've never done that, please do it now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? It's the beginning of everything for you. Amen. Lean into the hard stuff. As we were worshiping this morning, I just was overcome with someone just a really deep deep sadness almost to the point where you've considered ending it for your life and that's a hard word to give and I didn't want to give it but if that applies to any of you please tell someone get some prayer get someone to love on you whether you're online or whether you're in the room just get someone to pray for you because I, I felt like the, the Lord wants to give you a peace that maybe the circumstances and the situation in your life won't change, but his peace will permeate everything. And if you can't get prayer for that, tell someone you love. And Lord, I just pray right now for that beautiful peace, the peace that only you can give to fall upon all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Good word. Good prayer, please. Ah, thank you, church. Your amazing generosity, such a blessing. Appreciate your faithfulness, giving, tithing, offering, all those cool things you do. Let's sing doxology, and we will dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Prayer is over there. We'll have these doors open for you. You can head out that way. Looks like it's going to be a nice day. Have some fun.
Start of football season, I'm sure nobody cares. <laughs> Hope your team wins. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. God bless you guys, and uh, we'll see you soon. Next week, more stuff. The, I, more stuff. More, the, some more interesting stuff. verses. More stuff. Also, and, if you look on the app, Steve's, what is it called, your diagram? My flow chart. Your flow chart's on that um, on the app, and it's easier to look at that way if you're so inclined. Yes. Why wouldn't you be? It's awesome. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Bye.